hard to believe this is already the sixth episode of the Ulster Rugby Lad podcast. In my humble opinion, we've had a few great interviews so far and there's loads more to come. Thanks for all your support so far. Thanks to you, Ulster Rugby Lad is now one of the top 10 largest independent Ulster Rugby fan sites in the East Belfast area. Couldn't do it without you. Now the next guest this week is an international rugby player for Ireland women's team. She's also a casual fill-in host for Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby podcast. She's an unbelievable rugby player and an incredibly nice person. I'll end the suspense for you. My guest this week is Jenny Murphy. To give you a bit of context for the start of the interview, Jenny's video on Zoom froze with what she thought was an unflattering facial expression and she wanted it taken down as soon as possible. Anyway, really enjoyed this one. Hope you do too. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. How are you getting on? Uh, Grant. Yeah. How do we get rid of your one? Can you, you're the host. You can <laughs> I don't know. Let me see if I can get rid of it. Although I, I sort of don't want to. Uh, <laughs> let me see. Right. There we go. Ah, there we go. Oh, thanks. That's just God. a few of us now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry about that, Austin Peter. What a pain in the ass for you. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. No. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, oh no worries. Thanks for. Yeah, yeah, can't complain. Just uh, obviously, you can probably tell my my head's a bit of running around. Uh, oh yeah. So it's my it's my one time in my late eight during the yeah. day. Yeah, we out for golden retriever. I need to walk. Nice. Yeah. We out for a run there, were you? Yeah, yeah. So we had um, I'm living with uh, um, Dave or Catherine Dane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave, one of the one of the Ulster girls. So we go for a kick around today anyway. So amazing, amazing. Yeah, chuck chuck the ball around to get a bit of. Get our skills in. That's Brilliant. That keeps you sane, I'm sure. I know it's a nightmare being inside yeah, oh all day. I know. I know. I'm. I'm. I'm not a. I definitely prefer to be outdoors and burning off a bit of energy. So hundred percent. I am a bit pent up after so it's good to get it right around. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Yeah, it's good. How are you finding yourself up there? Yeah. Brands like um, working from home at the minute and getting used to it. Like so. I'd be the same as you. Like, I just need to get outdoors and doing stuff, and mm. I'm struggling. I'm struggling, but I've got a wee puppy, so that's keeping me sane at the minute. Ah, yeah, here, I'll I'm show you a picture very, one second. Yes. Let me see if I can show you a picture one second. This is amazing. Um, yeah, so we go out every day, me and she's called Molly. There we go. You see. Oh, Oh, I'm very jealous. I'm she's amazing. So jealous. I knew. So I, did, I got her, like, she's a bit bigger now. That picture's from a while ago, but she's yeah. still, still class. Like, so we go out for runs and stuff like that. That keeps me busy, like, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I know what it's like being stuck inside all day. It's a bit crap, like, but it means that. It has to be done. I know, I know. It has to be done. And I'm doing more podcasts and stuff at the minute. So, yeah. So your productivity is like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, got, it's gone up massively. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, that's not too bad. So, yeah, reframe it, silver lining, and all that kind of jazz. Yeah, trying to stay positive. I've done five so far with uh, rugby analysts, and then mm-hmm. the last two I've done there have been with ex Ulster rugby players. So, oh, and then nice. I've got I've got a few more as well. Oh, sure. If you just if you just tell them this, I'm sure I'll show you pictures of my dog. 
you'll probably get even more like yeah no worries <laughs> yeah. at all like, i know that. i know it's a good incentive i suppose basically it has a few like excelster players and the the current team they're not allowed to do like media requests at the minute so what are, what what are they going to say that's bad they're going to give you a new starter dough recipe and that's what everyone seems to be doing like i know i know <laughs> it's a bit annoying like is just to give you a bit of background. I started this website, Ulster Rugby Lad, about 18 months ago. And I do basically like match reports. And the main thing I do though is interviews with players and like not just Ulster players, but various people involved with, with rugby. And the whole idea is I got really bored of like, do you know, like interviews after matches and stuff like that. People just go on about, I would, I would we give tired as a team and... <laughs> Yeah. Like how many a, cliches can you get in, in, in five minutes? Yeah, yeah. We give one hundred and ten percent. I think the next step is doing like more interviews and stuff and podcasts because podcasts are. I don't know. I love podcasts. I listen to loads of them, so I thought it would be good to do a few more of those. Like so, yeah. How are you how are you getting on anyway with the whole whole uh, coronavirus lock in? Ah, uh, yeah. Like grand. I'm still uh, like working flat out, and um, so my job hasn't stopped. Um, oh, okay. which is good like um yeah. it's grand and like my housemates you know i'm lucky that i've i'm living with like a sane bunch and um, so like we're, we're maybe eating a bit more desserts than we normally do because there's yeah. more time for bacon <laughs> but um yeah like no it's like sure it is what it is um and you're just we're just kind of you know coping and binging on netflix when we can and getting nice. outside so i'm lucky where i live that there's a park within the the two kilometer radius so Brilliant. you know i can't complain too much so yeah, yeah, yeah. i was hoping we could maybe foster a dog but the landlord didn't seem too keen on oh, that so i'll just have to spend my time looking through like <laughs> puppy photos online <laughs> that will have to quell any <laughs> i know well i can keep you updated with the wee molly's progress like she's um Sold. She's... <laughs> she looks bloody adorable so oh. like uh, who who in with it? You're in with Kathy Dane and uh, are you in with other people as well? So it's a bit yeah, of so, um, so yeah, it's myself and and we call we, we call Catherine Dane uh, Dave. Why so why is she called Dave? Dave? Um, <laughs> Dave. Well, she doesn't really look like a Dave either. And um, <laughs> in in so uh, Dave would be one of my club teammates as well. We both play with Old Belvedere. Yeah, um, and she <clears throat> she rocked up to a training session one time wearing um. It was, it was like a, you know, those Russian fur hats, like an Anna Kornikova <laughs> kind of like, yeah, um, s thing. And we're just like, where are you going with that? She looks so prim and ladylike and proper. So we're like, no, we're calling you Dave. And it just stuck. <laughs> I don't know why it's, there's no, there's no real interesting on it. It's a great nickname. It's just because it, it annoys yeah. her a bit. <laughs> it doesn't anymore. Now she, now everyone in the house calls her Dave and, you know, she's rolling with it. And her dad's called Dave as well, which wasn't oh, intentional, right. but I think yeah. he's all right about it too. So yeah. yeah. Um, so it's South Dave and then two of the lads um, one of them plays at Seapoint and then the other is going to aggressively get into touch or into tag rugby when yeah. all this blows over as well so yeah so it's a good it's a good group brilliant it's good like you're with people because isolation like and being stuck inside with the coronavirus it's a bit like I'm always big enough now we go out for runs and stuff like that but mm. uh, it's a bit the crap at the minute so it's a, yeah it's not the best no yeah. and I'm great I'm happy out that there's another three of them because when I start baking at least 
it's a quarter of what I normally would have ate because I have to deviate, deviate out. Yeah. So if it was just me on my own, I'd be waddling around the place after a couple of weeks. So it's better to spread the diabetes rather than just do it myself. That's good of you. Spread it around. Yeah, yeah I'm saying that way, yeah. Um, do you listen to many podcasts yourself? or? Yeah, I listen to a few. Like not some of them, A lot of them aren't sports-related ones. I tend to kind of go, well, just kind of random. Some of them are sports ones. Some of them are like you know like the usual like radio lab and this yeah. american life and then um, yeah. i don't know hunting warhead have you listened to that one i don't come across that um, like that's dark that's right <laughs> it's only eight episodes or something like that and it's really quick you don't have like your own podcast sometimes it flips back and you do a rehash and you're like yeah. oh you know this it's just like it's it was really good but like yeah. it's definitely like you need to psych yourself up for it and then like the lighter ones as well like it kind of a mix of the comedy comedy ones of like uh you know it's like whatever kind of things i've like david doherty's new one's quite funny the isolation podcast right okay um like so comedians and all that kind of stuff it's a mixed it's a mixed bag I'm mixed kind of bag. Into a few, yeah a few different things yeah do you ever listen to the adam buxton podcast Love, <laughs> love, love adam buxton he's, i love adam buxton great. oh so good so yeah good. yeah 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 i love it i yeah. love it what I listen to, see, like that, and as you say, like this American Life. The I listen to a couple of those serial. So you listen to serial? Yeah. 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 That's yeah. good. Yeah. And reply all. Reply all. Here, uh, have you yeah. listened to the one? It's it's about the scammers from India. Yeah, that's <laughs> and they just keep on. Yeah, that one's a great one. Or the 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 cop call, the New York, the New York crime thing. Is it like? Is that machine? reply all as well? Yeah, yeah. There's some really, yeah. There's some class ones there. There oh, and yes, right. yes, no is always a classic. So the yeah, there's some good gems. I have to have a look on the what I've saved. There's some like I use uh, Pocket Cast. You know, the it's like a an app for all your podcasts. You kind of stuff yeah. you can have like Criminal. Criminal is actually a deadly one. Right. Okay. I could, uh, I know, we could talk about that all day. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no it's good i i love so i i don't know just when you're doing stuff around the house and particularly now like when you're out in runs and stuff like that the having yeah. your podcast keeps you going so yeah um so i listen to a lot of like i like the rugby pod with jim halton and andy good that mm. one as well and then baz and andrew which have i've seen you on and uh oh, God, yeah. like i actually love it so um you're really good standing in um uh i love that one so um, oh, they're good eggs they're really nice boys really nice so they seem kind of like it. yeah they're they're gents funny funny gents yeah yeah, yeah i yeah. know i know I, I i never knew like being a Ulster fan like i never knew uh trimby was so funny but he's like he is genuinely good man, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah he's good egg yeah so the first thing that I want to ask you is how you got into into rugby. So I know you played a bit of soccer and Gaelic growing up. How did you get into playing rugby and what made you passionate about it? How did you actually get to love rugby? Um, so I went uh, I went over to the UK to study. I went to university over there in um, St. Mary's in Twickenham and hadn't hadn't had watched a little bit of rugby on TV, but not much. So this was in 20, 2010, 2011. Um, I should probably know the year I went to uni, but it's a while ago now, so I can't remember. Um, and I was playing soccer and Gaelic over there, and the the soccer team were 
um, it was a bit more kind of social, I guess. Like there was smoking at half time, which wasn't my cup of tea. Um, but yeah, whatever you're into. Um, and I saw the rugby team train at like seven in the morning. Um, when I was on my way to a lecture or something and it looked tough and physical and I kind of just said like, I'll give it a crack it'll be good for my Gaelic I'll up my skill or you know it's not a bad thing getting a bit stronger um, and then the first session I went to I just fell in love with it because um, I would consider myself a, a physical player and I don't mind getting stuck in and sometimes in, in Gaelic that that doesn't help you um, but those kind of attributes um kind of work out well for you on a rugby pitch so yeah I remember that first first training session with the college and I just wanted to play more I joined the local team Teddington Antlers and then then a, a referee was uh, a female referee was like you need to go to Richmond which is a premiership club and my coaches in Teddington were like you need to go there instead and um, so I went there and then things kind of snowballed really quickly but it was just it was purely for a fitness point of view and then my first training session when I got walloped actually by someone. I was like, oh, we're allowed to do this. And I was like, uh, and then I kind of fell in love with it and just wanted to kind of keep going. And I ended up doing something that I never thought I'd do was be able to wear a green jersey and represent my country. So it was, it was a lucky, I was very lucky. Yeah. So you, play, you played soccer and Gaelic and it just wasn't physical enough, I suppose. You like getting stuck in and hitting a few people. Yeah. Like, I, I guess, like, no, I love Gaelic and I, I really enjoyed soccer, but I probably, the things that I tend to be, I'm a, we consider myself like an abrasive player and sometimes you know that can get you in a bit of trouble in the game pitch um but in rugby you know it's a it's a good trait to have um so I just kind of rolled with that and the fact that my coach was explaining that like this is what a handoff is and you're allowed to do that and I'm like I'm allowed to do one of those (laughs) and it was kind of like all right okay um so that's it kind of just I got stumbled into it I was lucky I got like some good coaches played with some really good players who were very encouraging and had faith in me and kind of saw that I could potentially go further and definitely push me to do that and then just that's kind of kind of happened because I picked it up when I was 18 19 I think it was 19 when I first started playing so I was old enough and um, but sure there was no there was no women's rugby teams or girls rugby teams um around um, when I had started I probably would have liked to have given it a crack earlier but there just wasn't an opportunity and now it's great to see plenty more teams and girls you know there's there's many girls in Old Belvo there's some all around the country so it's it's nice that you're that hopefully they get more of a chance to up their skill and by the time you know they get to you know 18 or whatever they'll they'll be much more skillful than I ever was. You went over. What, what did you? What did you actually go over to study? What brought you over to London? Um, physical and sport education. So I wanted to be a PE teacher, and um, yeah, that was that was pretty much it. And then in my second year, second or third year of uni, um, I got I was playing at Richmond, and they like it was just after Christmas um and they 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 basically they have like you know you've got like your Leinster, Ulster, Munster and Connacht and you get selected from there but if you're an Irish exile at the time they'd send over you'd be like oh these are our you know players that we think could possibly represent Ireland and they'll send you they send you 
back over to they send you over to Ireland and then they send you back to the UK or something I had to be basically I had to be in the UK on the 2nd of January and it was my it was the first time I was back and I was like oh I'm, I'm not good enough anyway I'm not going to pay for flights back to the UK and put my Christmas holidays early I'm not good enough anyway maybe next year I'll give it a crack so they sent over the exiles um, and they got shortlisted they got sent to Irish camp then I went back to the UK <clears throat> to study again and we basically ended up playing Ireland in a warm-up game in, in 2012 just before the Six Nations um, so we were playing against some of our Irish exiles teammates and then some of the Irish Irish girls and you know, I remember it was in Johnstown House and we got absolutely hockey like it was it was, it was absolutely great it was something like they notched 50 points on us I think it was my third game playing in the backs and I was playing full back so I was just I was watching people just run run yeah. rings around me and uh, I must have done something right because I got a phone call um, when I went back to the UK I was working in a bar and they're like oh we'd like you to come back for the for the next um weekend training camp yeah. so I went back and was clueless like I hadn't a clue which I'd probably just learned the offside rule and it went okay but I got cut anyway I knew it was going to get cut I got cut on the Sunday morning so you're in on Saturday you do your two training sessions and you do a double session on the Sunday as well um so I got cut after the first session on the Sunday and you still have to go out and you know finish your second session one of the a fly half got injured Helen Brosnan and um flew back to the UK and then I got a phone call um, saying like oh actually you've not been cut because Brosnan Bros is injured and I was kind of like what yeah. so it happened really quickly like I missed a good chunk of the Six Nations camps beforehand because I, I didn't fly back for it so it was like it, I, mean, I know I'm not explaining it very well but it happened really quickly I was just yeah. in the deep end but I was really lucky that the position that I was in I had the likes of Lynn Campbell and Grace Abbott who were unbelievable and um, and they just kind of very much took me under their wing and kind of showed me the ropes. And I was given leeway to to mess up and to make a balls of it. And the coach at the time, Goose, just kind of backed me. And yeah, yeah it turned out all right. Yeah. You must have been a good athlete then. So played at a good level of like Gaelic and, and football and stuff like that, did you? Or? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would have been, I would have been, you know, in fairly okay Nick-ish yeah. Farmer strength was what the girls called it. <laughs> um, so there's a bit of that. So um, maybe I lacked an experience. I, I made up for in like running hard lines and, and trying to do the simple things as best as I could. And then, yeah, and then just and Grace, Grace and Lynn in particular and, and even like Fee Coughlin and stuff would be, you know, stern but encouraging when you came into camp. Like it was, the standard was here and like you had to work your way up to it and stuff so like they were always extremely physically demanding and you'd be mentally exhausted leaving but it was also such a thrill to to be there and when you're playing with girl, like with women of that caliber and you're looking around you're like oh this is I think sometimes you're guilty of not of not not sitting back but just being like taking a moment to, and soaking something in of it and yeah. and I was definitely guilty of of doing that in the early parts of my career I didn't I didn't kind of sit back and be like this is this is pretty cool and then move on I kind of you always want to get better and keep pushing but sometimes I will I think it's it's healthy to kind of like this is this is this is not too bad have a look around and then yeah. and then drive on so and then when you look back you've you've got some great memories with some stellar people so I came in at like an amazing time where you had like really like stellar like 
unbelievable players, experienced players. And, and then there was um, a kind of a youthful ignorance from a lot of us, like Ashley Baxter, myself, Nikki Cocky. And there's a lot of girls there that, you know, we were just happy to be there. And I think that mix worked out really well in the coming years. Yeah. And what's sort of person? Are you a very competitive person? Like, obviously, to play at the top level of rugby, you have to have that competitive edge to you. Is that something which comes naturally? Or um, did you have to work on that whenever you're thrown in the environment? Did you have to, like, rise up to the occasion? Um, no, I would, be, I, would be, I would be competitive about certain things. Like, I'm not... You know, I if I'm playing table tennis, obviously I want to win, but it's not gonna. I'm not gonna be like driven demented either. But when it comes to performing at your best, it's something that I want to be, which is like in my position, I want to be the best that I can possibly be. And um, and like when you're when you're playing and trying to get a jersey, and you got you're competing with the likes of Lynn Cantwell and Grace Abbott, and um, you know you, you do you kind of that's the bar and and they've set it and you're like okay I want to set it and you kind of keep on constantly pushing so I like I don't really know if like I, I think you're just I think there's a bit of both you kind of learn to kind of roll with the punches but as well as that I, I think I've always been a bit stubborn I guess about wanting to to do more um, and I think that's kind of served me well because I know myself I'm I'm not the most skillful player but like I'll keep on getting back up and you know I'd pick that like kind of I think everyone if you like talent will only get you so far but it's definitely not enough there needs to be there needs to be something there as well and you see with the like top athletes and like all the all the women on that team were were definitely drivers and you can be competitive without and and be an exceptional teammate I don't think they're yeah split difference either yeah uh, yeah, it's something that's it's a recurring theme in every interview that I've done where people say, look, there's people far more talented than me, but I've I've worked really, really hard. And I think that's like I think everyone respects those players where you've you've got like obviously you have to have a natural ability to play at the highest level, but also you have to have that mindset where you're gonna work far harder than anyone. So in terms of like sacrifice and stuff like that, how it's you know to listeners out there like what sort of sacrifice do you have to make to be at that level especially whenever and thinking of football I always always relate back to football because uh, that's sort of like another another favorite of mine but you see like players like Leo Messi who are just so talented but then there's players who I always prefer who are the ones who work really hard and they get to that level because they just work and dedicate their life to it what sort of sacrifices involved in, in playing at that top level, playing for Ireland, and what did that take to get there? Um, I guess for for me, I um I moved I moved home back to Ireland so I could train more with the girls that I'd be playing with, and you just I think you, you, like it's we're not professional athletes; it's still fully amateur. So a lot of it is it doesn't seem like, but it's time you give up a lot of time you miss you miss your friends weddings you miss birthdays and um, you kind of you're like no I'm training um and you're up and, and as well as that like it's it can be a financial strain as well like you know you're not maybe going to get that promotion because you have to take four weeks off for a world cup or that yeah. six nations um, and then like you're you're training you're to work around training as well so like there was in 2014 I remember some days I'd have to leave my house in Kildare at half four or five o'clock to get to DCU for six 
um, then train and then drive back into the city for work. And then when I'm finished work, drive to the club, try and have a sleep in the car for a bit and then be a training for seven o'clock yeah. and then get home and do it all over again. And um, so like sleep sometimes is something that gets kind of, which yeah. is like, you know, it's, that's, that's one of the big things to, to excel like in any sport is you need to be resting well but you know you also need to financially be able to pay the rent or whatever so and every player is different like as in some of the girls are mothers so they're like it's fine like I'm giving up time with my friends and my family but some of the girls are giving up time with their kids and their partners and so it's just I think like that would probably be one of the big difficulties um but then you weigh it up and those highs that you get from playing and doing something that you love is it's like uh it's ecstasy it's you know you're it's 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 a tough thing to be to 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 play and you know sing the national anthem and i i'm I'm not the best at describing it but you're in a privileged position to be to have got that talent and also be given the opportunity to, to wear the jersey. So um, yeah. I think it's it's worth it. It's worth it. Now, I don't know if it's if, if that's sustainable, um, because it does get tough. But um, like the memories that I have, the friends that I've made, I don't think you can beat some of the, the, the people that that you get to play with and against. Yeah. Or like you, you, you do have a lot of crack as well. Like it's it's yeah. not all it's not all hardship. It's it's a lot of fun too. Yeah, no, sure. Like it's a it's a class career to have where you're playing with your friends, and obviously there's a bit of a gulf in terms of the resources that are dedicated to the women's game as well. So we'll get on to that in a minute. But I wanna wanna ask you, like, when did when did it dawn on you that you had a chance of playing rugby at the highest level? for Ireland is there a moment you realized obviously you're talking about like making that sacrifice to travel back to Ireland when did you know like this is this is going to be this is going to be a big part of my life um like (laughs) yeah but it it was it was a bit of a delayed reaction like I remember remember in in 2012 was was when I got selected first and I was on the bench for the um, France Ireland game and I didn't get put onto the pitch and then the next game was at home to Italy and I was on the bench and it was absolutely freezing. And Jibble, you're wearing like, you're wearing basically a sleeping bag yeah. and you're trying to warm up in these joint jackets. And the clock was ticking down and I was kind of looking over and I was so nervous. Every time Goose turned his head to look at the ba- the bench during the France game, I was like, oh God, don't pick me, don't pick me. And then when the game ended and I didn't get a cap and some of the other girls did, I was raging with myself for not yeah, yeah. for not having a bit of faith. And um, so when the Italy when I had the Italy game, I was like nearly like a meerkat being like, Pick me, go, like I, I can do this. And it was only I think it was four or five minutes left in the game. He turned around, gave me the nod. I remember it was it was a um, late game in Ashburn. And I was, I looked up at the flag as I was going on and I was like, I'll remember this moment because this is like, this could be the only time that you do this. Yeah. So like soak it in because not many people are, not many, like this is a, this is the only time I'm going to get a first cap. Yeah. Um, and they did a, they did a move and basically it was a, well, the first the Italians chipped me. I was going in at first, so they chipped straight away and I nearly stumbled. Um. And like that was like a oh god uh, moment, yeah. um, and then they didn't release the ball I think in a rook or something. We got a scrum in our own half. 
the ball was eventually after a bit of a like move meant to get to Ali Miller all my job was was to just pass it to Ali Miller and she does what she normally does and like gets its yards or crosses the try like, um I got the ball the all the Italians were like well the danger one is your one Miller out in the outside so it was like yeah. a gulf it was like the Red Sea had parted and I trundled through a gap and um, <clears throat> and managed to keep running um Malloy was my support runner well she was meant to be my sport runner and normally you'll hear like a I'm on your right for a pop or I'm on your left or whatever and instead <laughs> you could hear Malloy going you're on your own horse um and I got I managed to cross the try line and then all my teammates jumped on top of me and it was underneath the pile of bodies that I was like oh I could like I, I could I could do this again like I, this this is something that you know maybe I'm not too bad at this it sounds stupid now like but it took until that moment to be like okay like I can I can I can give this a, a crack and maybe this is something that I can I can really do yeah. um so slightly delays thing but because it, it just happened really quickly for me um in terms of picking up a rugby ball and so yeah, it was it was that moment I think in particular that I was like I, I want to do this for as long as I can and to be the best I can be until the legs stop working, I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, that's it's cool. Like you, you obviously you didn't maybe realise your potential until other people told you. And so old Belvedere was a huge part of that, I suppose, like playing there and I know a couple of Ulster girls have moved down there. Yeah, um yeah, um Mac and JJ, Gemma Jackson, they Yeah, Gemma Jackson as yeah. well. They've both done interviews yeah. for, for uh, the website and like they're really oh, nice. really great people and really inspiring to hear about their stories as well. And they they went there because it's obviously a great club. In terms of your, your career highlights, like I know you, you've won the AIL with with Old Belvedere. What would you What would you like point to as your other career highlights? It's great that I'm I'm able to look back and there's there's a good few memories that bring back smiles both on and off the pitch. Yeah. Um. I think when we're sticking with on the pitch probably like the Grand Slam beating England for the first time in 2013 and getting that Grand Slam was was really special. Yeah. I was just. It was a, just an unbelievable moment. And then probably the following year as well, getting to the World Cup semi-final, but beating New Zealand along the way. And they hadn't been beaten in 16 years. Yeah. So to be to be that team um, and to do it, yeah, that was, that was a pretty cool moment as well. And the fact that we were in France and it felt like it was a home game, the crowd were that loud and the fields of Athenry were just absolutely blasting. Like the yeah. Kiwis couldn't hear their line-out calls. That was how good the crowd were. Um, um, and then in probably recently, actually playing with the Babas was, was probably one of the best things I've ever done as well. It was just so much crack yeah. with like a, a really good crew and uh yeah like that was that's definitely i got injured when the the women's barbarians started happening so their their very first ever game was against monster women and a lot of the the irish girls i played with they were on that barbarians team and the way they talked about it afterwards they were like it was like a a recharge and a refresh of like oh i, I forgot how why I started rugby in the first first 
yeah. uh, in the first place and that enjoyment and stuff and it was just like it kind of nearly reinvigorated them again and I was like oh I want that um, and then to be able to to do that um, and to play in the Millennium Stadium was it was very cool. Yeah, very, very cool. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Rugby in Ireland, particularly in Ulster, actually, seems to be really under resourced for women. And mm. yeah, it seems like other nations, like England and uh, well, other other places, have have made it a professional game. And obviously, mm. you're having to work and train at the same time. And I think Ireland, in fairness, have punched above their weight in terms of. Mm the resources that have been made available to the, the women's game. And yeah, I suppose it's just, it's not really fair considering how much is given to the men's game. If we ever hope to, to grow the women's game in Ireland, a lot more needs to be done, both in terms of coaching and, uh, and other resources as well. So one of the one of the things that I've talked a lot about uh, with other players is, is setbacks and how setbacks can actually spur you on to greater success going down the line like perceived failures and how that can actually motivate you to to um, achieve much greater things so is there an example uh, i know you got injured pretty badly and you ended up being out for sort of a, a season and a half is there that might be a good example but is there a good example of where you you've had a setback or a failure that has spurred you on to greater success um i've i've had two two kind of big injuries so a 16 month one and a 17 month month injury and i'm just more grateful than i was like i so i had a small like 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 a double back fracture a few years ago and then i had like obviously kind of everything that was meant to be pointing forward and my knee pointed a different direction um not really but there's like loads of letters the ACL, the PCL and everything, they yeah. all got kind of, yeah, got torn. So, like, I'm just, when I'm playing or when I'm walking up the stairs or when I'm doing stuff, I'm soaking it up a bit more and I'm just taking a bit more time to be that bit more, like, it sounds so silly, but more grateful. Like, after a training session, a training session, I'll have a think in my head of, these are the three things that, or even the two things that I need to really work on but I'll also pick the three things that, you know, I, I enjoyed or that I did well. Um, and it can be something really simple, like it can be a little jog and a kick around after after the training. Like just small little moments of gratitude can that come much easier to me now because I've tasted how rotten it is to be like in a bed for six weeks staring at a ceiling, bored out of your mind. So like all these little, like, this every time I'm on a pitch, it's all bonus. This is yeah. all bonus for me, and um, and so I just enjoy it. Like I've always liked playing and enjoyed it, and I still take it seriously, and I still want to win, and I still want to be the best yeah. that I can be. But I'm also gonna have a bit of crack doing it. Like I I enjoy playing the game, and I'm lucky that I'm able to focus and crack a joke, and then get back to defending a midfield scrum or whatever it is so like all these little moments like enjoy it and yeah. because it's pretty cool and it's you play this game for a finite amount of time don't look back on it and then be like oh, i should have whatever soak it up um, and yeah. for me i think the injuries gave me that if i hadn't got injured i mightn't have had that mindset and as well as that i'm like the, the runs that i do i'm not a big fan of doing you know 
you know, running around or fitness. I'd rather be playing the game, but I get to run rather than like, oh, I should go for a run. It's, yeah. I get to go for a run. Um, and it might seem like something small and inconsequential, but it's a, for me, it's a big thing. And it's because of the, the setbacks and the stuff. It's definitely made me a little bit more resilient or whatever you call it, bounce back ability, all these things that are chucked around. But like, I definitely feel like because I've had that, I know I'm able to to deal with crap if it does come down my channel. Yeah, it's like a really common theme with interviews I've done. Pretty much every player I've spoken to have talked about the setbacks they've had in terms of injury, in terms of non-selection, and in terms of just downturn in form as well. Like, I mean, people are human and they maybe lose form or lose motivation for periods of time. And that may be for various reasons. But it's that resilience um, to come back into the game, which is is most important and actually spurs people on to achieve greater success whenever they come back. And I suppose with the whole coronavirus thing at the minute, with us all being locked indoors uh, for the vast majority of the day, you, you stop taking stuff for granted as much. The, 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 the simple... The simple like ability to go out and train and go out and play their mates and like kick a ball up out is something we take for granted so much and now that we have this limitation on what we can do i think certain players will will go away and they'll train in their spare time and they'll they'll do as much as they possibly can to get to the top level and get back to where they need to be and other players maybe don't want that as badly and yeah, I think I think it's really interesting what you're saying about setbacks and how everything happens for a reason. And that again, it's like a theme going through the interviews, like so many people, every almost every player I've spoken to, there's something has happened to them, whether it be injury or uh setback in other in another regard where they've gone on to to do something better because of it and they've been motivated by that as well. So there are huge advantages to playing team sport for anyone, particularly in terms of like the social aspect, the physical aspect, the mental health side of it. What would you say to anyone, any sort of young person, any young girl in particular who's considering playing rugby or maybe parents of young girls who are considering playing rugby? Like what are the advantages? What are the benefits of playing rugby? You just, you learn, you're, you learn so much about yourself. You build amazing friendships and I think you, I think you can realize just how strong you are, and that can be physically, but mentally as well. It give it gives it gave me a lot of confidence, um, and it's fun. Like it's it's a bit of crack. I think sometimes yeah. that's not like spoken about enough, but it's it's good fun. Um, like for me when I was a kid, my parents were like, you have to you have to start three times, and then and then if you don't like it, then that's fine. You can step away. So I had to do you know, I had to go to soccer and the first time I didn't like it, I was the only girl. But by the third time I really liked it. Now I still I had to go Irish dancing three times and that was absolutely horrific. But um it was like give it a bit of time. Some people might like it straight away, but like push yourself and get outside your comfort zone because that is that's a good place to be every once in a while. And for me rugby did that and it's some of the best things I've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no that's good to hear. Um because I suppose historically, like rugby hasn't been played that much by girls, so it's uh, it's great. It's becoming a bigger thing, and I think there, uh, as I said earlier, like it's a bit of an untapped resource in terms of like the number of potential girls out there, women who can play rugby and and get involved in the team sport, and the, the enormous benefits that brings. So this is a tough one. What what advice would you give 
to yourself if you if you went back in time you're 17 years old what advice would you give to yourself oh man uh, <laughs> it's a tough one. Oh, that's like on the spot <laughs> sorry and um, no it's all right it's i guess have a little bit more faith and it'll work out just have a little bit more faith in your ability i think even now looking back at and um, when i had the opportunity to to play at a high level be it gaelic or soccer and rugby it took a while for me to to think that I was good enough and yeah, yeah and, and then just like actually trying something like failure is not a bad thing yeah like if you keep on failing like it's it's just try put yourself out there a bit more so um yeah that that was a few that was a few things that was yeah. a few things in one but it's just like back yourself a bit more and be okay to fail thank you so much for your time no thanks for having me thanks, mind Jenny. yourself peter okay bye bye, bye.